0: This week's podcast is brought to you by our upcoming Ag Leaders Conference webinar series October 15th with Steve Georgie and Rich Nelson. Here's a great opportunity for you to sign up for a free webinar. Typically, these webinars do cost money. We are giving this one away for free. So give us a call at 1-800-262-7538 or visit our website at allendale-inc.com. As far as today's podcast, Greg and Mike want to give you the opportunity to be able to listen in to what our conversations have been like here at Allendale. We obviously understand you can't be looking at any charts during this podcast, but here's a great opportunity for you to get more information, especially when we start looking at the funds and the trends and the commitment of trade. We hope you enjoy it. Today we're going to go
1: ahead and talk about something that uh, can drive the markets uh, much higher, much lower, uh, and uh, really kind of throw everybody off kilter. Mike, let's talk about the funds and the commitment of traders. Uh, we've seen a big move in the the fund positions here in the last month and a half to two months. Um, where do you want to start on this thing because you've got uh, different uh, factors in uh, in positioning here. You've got trading funds, index funds. You've got commercials and producers. Uh, where's your uh, your point of interest uh, to to start here today?
0: Well, let's let's start with where the main focus came in. That's with the index funds come 2012, and during all that time when we had all these grain and ag products skyrocketing price wise, you had the index funds coming in here, and all they can do is buy. They can only go long
1: now real quick for our for our listeners who are the the index funds are these the banks or, or who who are these uh, these groups
0: these will be the banks these are financial financial industries that are lending and everything okay. so they're looking to keep, in, protect their end of things by when they're lending so you got the index funds that for that reason can only go long okay they can only be long which they can they can sell it but they
1: they're selling long positions right okay yeah, they're never so they're entering getting their, out of, they're getting out of their long positions liquidating yeah
0: unlike the trading funds they they don't build the short position um so you got them and th- that was the main interest when you had those skyrocketing prices cuz you see the index funds continue to get longer and longer and longer and uh, increase their exposure to the ag markets and at the same time you had the same thing going on with the trade funds where you see them coming in here and everyone at that point would just wanted to buy it. That's you had corn beans going to unprecedented levels and it was amazing. That's where all the focus was. It was all on what are these index funds doing? What are these trade funds doing? And well, where
1: do, where do these guys what do these guys know about what corn and and bean prices should be doing and and why, you know, cattle need to be need to be bought. I mean, that's that's the, you know, them sticking their nose into something that they, they don't necessarily have any idea about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. I mean, y- you have your reports that is what they go off of. And, I mean, we talk to farmers all the time. And especially this year when you had trading funds be record short, what what do they know about it? What, why are they coming in here and just selling it? And they are strictly just what's on paper? What are we looking at? How can we make the best profit? And that's the only focus for them because, I mean, at large chain funds, they're trying to find a return. They're not trying to hedge the crop like the commercials and producers are doing.
1: They're they're taking a non emotional uh, approach to, to to trading these markets. They're saying, "Well, you know, we've dealt with three dollar corn before. Mm-hmm. If corn's at three dollars ninety four cents, that's expensive. Mm-hmm. We could take fifty or sixty cents out of this thing without a problem on the way down.
0: Right. Okay. And their their main focus is. How can we maximize profit potential and minimize the risk here? So that's mm-hmm. why they are going strictly based off the numbers. That's when you hit the algos. That's a lot of the trading funds and everything along those lines. So up until, I want to say, 2014, 2015, the main focus when we were looking at these commitment traders reports, and actually still is, is what are these index funds, what are these trading funds doing? Because they're piece of the pie, got pretty large when they were p- piling money into it and they got a pretty good market share of what was going on. Mm-hmm. So everyone was focused on what they're doing. Every Friday you get the commitment trade report. Something that hasn't really been paid attention to for obviously what we just talked about with the trading and index funds being so aggressive going back and forth is what the commercials and producers are doing. Mm-hmm. And the Interesting thing is, unlike the other types of funds, the commercial and producer position has a relatively normal pattern. And it's a lot easier to predict the tops and bottoms when you're looking at that pattern as opposed to trying to buy what the trading funds are doing. Because as we saw this year, everyone wants to go buy it while the trading funds were at their last record short position. But they just blew right through it and kept charging. So as these other funds have reduced their exposure, especially the index funds this past year and with everything that's going on with the trade wars, you're seeing a reduced market share for the index funds. And the trading funds are also, as we've seen really the second part of this year, reducing reducing their exposure. Mm -hmm. And while they're doing that, well, then the commercials and the producers are gaining more of that power in the market. Right. So if you go back and look at what they've done since we came down from that bubble in 2011-12-13, mm-hmm. you're able to see a better correlation between what's going on in the markets, how are those positions are positioned because they are hedges, so there's a reason behind it besides more so just what the numbers are telling you. And you're able to see then what the best way to reduce your risk at that point with being able to hedge your crop, being able to reown it with a relatively normalized plan to it.
1: Okay. Now, are you, when you're talking about commercials, are you, you're talking about like uh, let's say uh, ADM or, or Cargill, uh, those types of uh, uh, those types of groups,
0: where the grain is being transferred from the producer from the farmer to the right. So okay. they all have their own. <laughs> trading accounts and everything and it all sure. gets lumped into that commercial merchant and producer so column we've seen in the
1: past let's give it five months mm-hmm. we've seen the market the corn market hit the lows uh, back in May went up to some some new highs or yearly highs mm-hmm. um, over the uh, over the summer kind of peaked out in July. And then backed off, and here we are. You know, we're just coming off of new contract lows for the December contract. Mm-hmm. How, are the, how are the commercials and producers uh, set up right now, or what, what was their path along, that, uh, along that, that road?
0: Right. So every single time you see these movements up and down, the correlation's inversed. So if you see this market going higher, you're seeing these hedges start to peel off, and you're seeing the position get shorter. And usually a good bottoming areas between the shorts a hundred thousand contracts to this year being the first year in a while being long, and the opposite you'll usually see this top out when that commercial merchant the uh, producer f- funds contracts when they're short between 400,000 and 500,000 contracts.
1: Okay.
0: And you've been able to see that with a relatively high percentage uh, a completion correlation. Uh, it's it's a pretty well established pattern over so the So does it, does this years.
1: go back all the way back to that 2012 time frame that you were talking about?
0: No, it actually starts up once you see once you start to see index funds and everyone start to reduce the risk, so okay. once you start to see that uh, like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, r- that, yeah, that, m- fourteen okay. more on, and um, <laughs> ever since then, you've seen ever since th- that commercial producer started gaining more market share back, and they started getting a little bit more control. That's when you see that pattern start to reestablish.
1: So, are there times? Are there times uh, where? there's a a better correlation or you can start to see a shift in their uh, in their sentiment uh is there is there a time you know of the year is there is it based around WASI reports is it based around weather is it based around you know the shift from old crop to new crop uh that you're seeing this uh, this kind of shift in uh, in sentiment
0: this this pattern seems to shift around the fall spring lows um and as well as just the summer highs and that's usually you get a pretty good pattern but the pattern starts to skew once we do get these weather events like and this tw- is, like in 2012 and
1: maybe. this is this is corn's specifically yeah, we we're, specifically we're talking, we're talking we don't have corn. the same kind of a correlation in beans, do we?
0: It's a little more sloppy, okay. and especially this last year and a half with what's been going on with china
1: okay since our our demand dropped off and and mm-hmm.
0: things are more up in the air with uh
1: with with trade
0: okay. right right so in normalized years when you don't have as much volatility when you don't have as much problems um the patterns seem to come out pretty well mm mm-hmm. But when you do have these sporadic years where you're getting just massive rains in the spring, or you're getting the drought of 2012, or you're getting a China deal blowing up your face, that's when these patterns start to release a little bit, and you okay. start to see the index funds and trade funds come more so into the mix.
1: Now I'm going to put you on the spot here, and and this is by no means a you know a, a trade recommendation or anything like that, but. Um, how does how do the uh, how does things set up right now do they indicate that we've seen the low or we've seen a short term low uh with this corn market mm-hmm. with the the way mm-hmm. that they're they're trading right now
0: yeah based on the pattern uh, we're getting close to that 100,000 uh contract threshold short so that would be based on previous patterns and based on how the tr- commercials and producers usually do their bulk purchase or bulk sell the week after a WASD report, that would be most likely knowing that today is Tuesday and the commitment to trade reports taken today mean that we are extremely close to our low if we have not put it in already. Okay. So in corn, it's
1: there's a correlation definitely around, you know, as we, we hit that low and they start to shift that position around, you know, short 100,000 contracts that all of a sudden Okay, they they start to jump out of those hedges. Mm-hmm. They they lighten the load a little bit. Um, will they? Is is there a correlation at this time of the year that they will go back to a long position, or will they just come come back to a more neutral position? Let the market kind of feel its way out. Get a feel for where the let's say let's where yields come in, or where these these Wazi reports are coming in in say November and January that they'll they'll still be short but maybe they'll have to go back into those shorts um if those numbers don't come out right.
0: Yeah, so this is usually around 100,000 contracts short is is typically their their flat position. Mm. Okay. Right. So for them to actually get long the market is relatively rare. Mm. We did this past year because of the large dip we took on early in the year, so they were building their long position as we were taking that very large move lower. Sure. Um, so this was an oddity to actually be long the market, and we are at that at that flat point. They very well might start building their short position, and do so as we're moving higher. The big question is whether or not we're going to take a, a quick movement, which we saw in 2015, mm-hmm. where we take that quick maybe half month to month uh, movement higher, and then start to build a. Start to move lower again, going to the beginning of the year, depending on what the USDA gives us on the WASD report come October.
1: Okay, now you've uh, gone in and and you've been doing a lot of charting, uh, a lot of studies uh, here on these uh, on these corn and, and bean prices, and I'm sure it overlaps into into other markets as well. But um, what are what are some of the things that you're you're looking at or you're seeing in the charts uh, right now that are you know possibly an indication of of where we could go whether it's downside or upside are there are there specific uh
0: formations that are setting up for you yeah so what i'm looking at is this i'm tying a little bit to fundamentals a good amount of fundamentals is how our demand structured, how it looks a lot like 2015 okay so looking at the chart if you were to take the dates off of it just the year basically and sick of twenty fifteen next to a twenty nineteen chart, they look eerily similar. You got that big outside day higher on the September WASD report. And as of today you're getting that correction that you also saw on that two thousand fifteen chart where you had a week of correction before you started running up into the week into the first week of October. Knowing what we have, knowing that everyone was saying that our carryout was supposed to decrease from the August of September report and it didn't. And now you're saying, well, it has to decrease from the September-October report. It doesn't have to. Never, Nothing ever has to do that. Mm-hmm. So could we make the same formation and not really make our true low until just before the January final numbers come out? Very possible. But that's something you could be looking at. Is maybe we do put in our short-term low right now and – we might run it up into October.
1: Now, um, how does, uh, maybe, I don't know if you've looked at this, but fundamentally, how does this year compare to 2015 um, as far as, not necessarily uh, for where yields are, but as far as where we were at uh, going into the fall like this?
0: Well, actually, yields and demand are extremely similar. I think that year we had a, uh, on the August report, we had, I think, a 168 yield, and we dropped it down to 167 and we had demands relatively similar to what we have this year i mean very close this the been years the lowest it's been since 2015 so looking at it from the fundamental picture it's very similar unless we get some big yield cut on this next report you could very well see it go almost neck and neck with the 2015
1: so you could you could possibly see a, a slow grind higher until you get to that USDA report, that final, final number, right. which is never final
0: in January. Right. So, yeah, we can see people start cutting the f- fields and saying, wow, my yields are nothing compared to what they've been in the past.
1: Which I think that's what everybody's been talking about at mm-hmm. this point anyway, um, given how late we were to plant, how many how many issues we had, you know, whether it was uh, heat, dryness, or, or too wet. So, um, you know going into that january report if we are still grinding um you know are we are we looking at take everything off go flat into that report i mean obviously we don't know what we don't know at this point between now and in january but is that what we'd be kind of looking at is take any positions off at that point and just wait to see what the report says and then hop back
0: into things or or go the opposite way depending on Potentially the best way to go into this October report is to try and have some kind of protection on. I Mm -hmm. mean, there's a lot of people without their corn sold or being sold. So get some protection on knowing that we very well might be sliding into the end of the year. And if you have it stored in the bins, especially if you're storing it commercially with how expensive that Mm -hmm. is, have protection on. Because if you're going to pay 20 cents to store it into the year and then also have the potential to have it leak uh, another 20, 20 cents, cents yeah. yeah you get get something on just for protection if it goes higher great yeah it's you you spent
1: money that that didn't amount to anything but at least it protected the downside just in case right okay all right what's your uh <clears throat> what's your thoughts as far as how we how we set up on on beans is there a similar year on the beans that uh, uh you're tracking right now or is it just corn that uh, tracks uh, pretty well with that uh, 2015 time frame
0: Beans did have a pattern going into last year, but ever since we started this trade war, the commercial and producer position has been greatly changed. Um, so that being said, I'm more so relying on the the chart this year than I am looking at the position of what they're doing. because it's established a slight pattern over mm-hmm. the last year and a half but that being said we never know what's going on with this whole china deal so that can right. easily change on a on a pin and to try and use that position to reduce risk at this point is 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 too risky mm-hmm. so i wouldn't more i wouldn't rely on that chart so much
1: okay so, I mean, looking at, you know, just looking at the, the soybeans themselves, you go to the fundamental side of things, mm-hmm. you know, their numbers continue to get better. Mm-hmm. The, we've come down from, you know, a, a billion carryout to uh, roughly 600, 640 million mm-hmm. bushels. And what we're getting to now is it's not favorable, but it's a heck of a lot better than it was. And we don't have a deal with China. Is, is what we're seeing in the market with us you know, 40 $0.50 cents off the lows here, is that an indication that for right now we can kind of put the China thing aside, we still kind of have this belief that we're not going to get a deal done until after the election next year, and we can just simply trade more fundamentals. Yes, we might get a headline burst every once in a while, uh, whether it's up or down, Um, But uh, for right now, we can trade fundamentals that aren't great but they're getting better that maybe we don't put as much to the downside and maybe we don't necessarily put as much to the upside. We just kind of find a a range to trade in. Is that that how you're feeling at this point?
0: Yeah, I felt like this 890 level. It seems to keep in a level that we just keep snapping back to. Okay. Go a little bit too high, we come back down to it. You go a little too low, you snap right back up to it. But we always seem to be returning to this level. And I think that has to go along with just the uncertainty of what's going on with China because everyone knows we get a deal done, and they actually take in everything they've been committing to, which is a big thing. They can commit to it, but it's whether or not they actually take it. Right. Um, So if we can get a deal done... We'll probably go away from it. But knowing that, you should probably have that 890 level in mind for any kind of decisions going into the year.
1: Okay. All right. Sounds great.
0: If you guys have any questions about anything we've talked about or anything regarding the podcast, please feel free to give us a call, 800-262-7538. This week for Allendale Market Talk, Mike Lung and Craig McBride signing off. Have a great one.